Well, sorry about that. Uh, my name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. I have no idea where that video came from. Um, my guest, Hugo Kruger, a structural engineer uh, in Paris. My apologies. I, I, uh, I, hope, uh, I hope that video didn't trigger you. Uh, the, the one that triggered me was the marching video. I was jamming while you were playing it. Yeah, so I mean, look, I don't know what what button I pressed there, but uh, uh, clearly something infected the system. My apologies to my Look, viewers. It, it, um, it is the COVID overlords. Uh, we have to acknowledge them as well. Right, here. right. And we have to we have to also make sure now that after my conversation with Professor Sukrit Bhakti was, uh, was banned um, by YouTube this morning, uh, we have to uh, we have to abide by all things WHO, Hugo. So if it is something right. that you want to say that um, doesn't align with them uh we need to speak in code okay i see we, so we the need great safe leader, words we need safe words the, so so we say to the great tedros leader that he is all wise and knowing right and that um the genocide that is happening on the you know the degray liberations watch in ethiopia has got absolutely nothing to do with these links the cholera epidemic in his country he killed thousands of people it's got nothing to do with his incompetence as a minister of health no He's very no, wise no, leader no. Okay. Um, who was so the, we were not saying board, right? Who was the U.S. president that once upon a time said um, in politics there are no coincidences? I don't know. Eh? I also Sorry, can't remember. Any? No, I can't remember either. No, um, but no, okay, welcome. Here we go. Welcome, welcome, Hugo. Um, let's just quickly cover some um, some basics here, some house rules. So as we have found out, we may not, um, uh, what's the word, violate YouTube's WHO dick sucking, I mean, um, uh, 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 policies, community standards, um, and uh, anything we say, anything we say needs to be approved um, by our overlords. Correct. It is right. the dogma of our times. It is mm. religion, and you dare not question authority. You dare not challenge the guidelines, and you dare not think for yourself because they've done all the thinking for you. They've done all the yes. fact-checking for you, and uh, your brain, unfortunately, does not count in this wise world that we are in. Correct. 100% correct. We, we must merely um, nod, smile, and agree. Exactly. Thank you, great Tedros. Tedros. All right. So, 
the title of this video is uh, the 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 great something or another swindle. I, I won't say the word great. so that it doesn't. Uh, I don't want to trigger the algorithms. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you wrote you wrote a column this week, an opinion piece, um, in yeah. which you sort of outlined a lot of your thoughts on this whole story now let's just quickly clarify you're not a medical practitioner you're not a doctor you're not a COVID expert but you are a structural nuclear engineer who has a very good grasp on data yes um, i am not a medical you know expert i did have biology in high school i don't think you need more than that I actually think you need a biology in high school to understand this. You can just Google most of the stuff that's happening mm. around you. In terms of the data, uh, really, the what's happening in COVID is not complicated data. It is not mm. the most complicated analysis. Anyone that has done a bit of a, you know, two variables and a logarithmic graph can figure this stuff out for itself. But you know what? You don't even need to be numerate. I don't know. I know not everyone does a lot of mathematics. You just need to think for yourself to understand what's happening around you. And um, you don't need to go to the wildlife of a conspiracy theorist to understand mm. what's going around you. I would say this. You need to be South African to understand what's going around you. And why is that? Because we know that governments tend to... What is that word that starts with L? It's not lying. It's lying. They tend to lie for, to you. Uh, governments and authorities tend to lie. And we know as South Africans that every time... Um, there's a government deal, there's a, a thing that is sold to the public as the wise and noble idea to save us, that there's money and corruption involved. Mm. And in this whole um, virus that shan't be named, um, you just follow the money. Yes. That's my theory. What I want to suggest is every single time, <laughs> every single time, <laughs> every single time you, you, you want to say <laughs> COVID or or um, <laughs> or the WHO. We've got. We'll we'll have we'll have a sound. So WHO will be, <laughs> and and every time you want to say every time you want to say um, uh, COVID, we'll do this one. <laughs> just just so that so, YouTube's algorithms don't uh, don't ban us. So let's 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 look at this thing that is right. such a wise and by benevolent um, human can't use the word experiment uh, I don't know policy outline whatever they want to call it. Um, where does this whole thing start? Okay, so I, I wrote a piece for mm. a website called New Geography, and it's called Francis COVID Fall. I put it in the comments by the way, and it, it basically just showed the uh, the history of the virus in France. The whole here, what happened. As I wrote the piece, I obviously referred to a few things in the show, a few things that are now factually true, such as the COVID virus did not come from a pangolin. It uh, came from a bat. It's coronaviruses. They come from bats. You know, we were first told they come from pangolins. Mm. Pangolin is, is an artifact, by the way. My, my, this way my English fails me. An art, uh, an anteater. Yeah. Isn't that a pangolin or no? No, I don't know. Like an odd vibe. Never heard of a pangolin. Okay, I've never heard of a pangolin before. Anyways, it came from a pangolin, and then mm. it went to, um, you know, bats apparently, and then jumped to humans. And there was one story where there's chickens involved. But now we know they come from bats. 
And so I, I just put some facts there and I said to them, listen, uh, we know this was the official story. The official story changed. And, you know, there's a thing which Otto von Bismarck said is do not believe anything by government until it's been officially denied. Yeah. That's the Otto von, von Bismarck dictum. As soon as the government denies something, it's probably true. Or I take the one that, um, what is the guy called? Uh, George Carlin, the great comedian, said, my first assumption is always my government lies to me. So let's start where the virus came from. We now know a, the Wuhan Institute of, an, of uh, technology was funded by the French and the US government. Anthony, Anthony Fauci and the Institute Pasteur's name is written all over this thing, all over it. No journal that I've written to, or no article blog, wants to go there because it's conspiratorial. Just mentioning the fact it's conspiratorial. Mm. Nobody wants to go <laughs> to the. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> But nobody wants to go to the issue of the PCR tests, okay? The inventor of the test said you cannot use it for diagnostics, mm. okay? That maybe we should trust the inventor of his own test. That's, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, we know now that the PCR test, and this is Center of Evidence-Based Medicine at Oxford. This is Institute Mediterranean in Marseille. It's, it's not the dark webs of the internet. Mm. I have shown both independently that if you test between at 25 cycles, people are 70% infectious. If you test at 35% cycles, amplification cycles, he's 3% infectious. Most laboratories in Europe and the United States, States test higher than that. It means that this is a significant overcounting of disease. Okay, you don't need to go to the, the test probably doesn't work, etc., etc., which I'm also more sympathetic to now. But just the fact that the specification of the wise and noble organization that we shall all pray to. Wait, hold set... on. Right, there we go. Right. Just, just the fact that their own specifications is higher than the error of the test. Okay, then the cutoff threshold should be. Makes, should make us skeptical of the numbers mm. being given to us. Um, that's the testing thing. Then treatment. Okay, the drug that shan't be named because we're all wise, has been cited now by over 100 peer-reviewed studies. 100. Execute. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay, the, 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 the drug that shan't be named. Mm. Cheap treatment, okay, uh, has to be done within the first few days. Mm. What does France do? France says, if you're sick with COVID, wait seven days and then the doctor can treat you. So in the first seven days, doctors were not allowed to treat patients. People had to wait at home. That was the only window of opportunity where the wise and noble drug that shan't be named could have worked. Okay. Is it incompetence? Is it conspiracy? I don't know. But this is part of it. Let's go to dietary stuff. It's the one that, that probably makes me the most angry here. Tim Noakes has said for years, if you're insulin resistant, and by the way, I'm highly insulin resistant. This is why I'm quite serious about it. If I did not start eating what Tim Noakes told me a few years ago, I'd be diabetic by now. Mm. Yeah, I can, if I take a little bit of sugar the next morning, I've got a moorse hangover. Okay, that's how bad it is for me. So I'm, I'm at the border of being diabetic. If you change your diet to ketogenic diet, okay, you the, uh, reduce NAD plus depletion in your body, you actually increase that. We now know that is linked to people dying from COVID-19. Not a single government official worldwide said to people, just eat healthy. Mm. Okay? Eat healthy, vitamin D, whatever. 
Not a single one of them. That, 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 that irritates me. You, you saw people giving pizzas and fast food to police officers yeah. and truck drivers, etc. And it's most likely that food had killed them. Okay, That is where McDonald's and all these guys. And what is it all linked to? It's linked to the sugar lobby that does not want us to change dietary guidelines because they are in the game. The pharmaceutical companies benefit from us being sick because they can sell us medication because a lot of these chronic diseases you can treat by just getting rid of your diet. These are comorbidities. Oh, but, but Hugo, Hugo, you sound like a conspiracy theorist. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a total nut for saying people need to eat healthy. And, you know, and I'm not even saying go ketogenic diet. I'm not mm. saying go banding. Okay? I'm saying stop eating junk food. That's all the government had to say. Stop eating junk food. You can go vegan. You can go Japanese. You can go keto. I happen to believe panting is the best diet for humans, but whatever, okay, whatever. Just changing your diet would have significantly reduced the chance of dying from this and, virus. And actually going outside and spending some time in the sunshine. Correct. Now, let's look at the other thing, computer models. Mm. Anyone that's done any coding, okay? I, I work with computer models for a living. This is something that I actually have competency in. I, I do what is called finite element analysis and discrete element modeling. Mm. It's very complicated modeling for materials and buildings and structures. And what, what we're trying to do is we simulate physical systems. If you work with complex systems, okay, they are complex by nature. Your models are only ever a tool. They're a numerical tool. Okay, and people should never forget that. So what is a tool? A tool is as good as what you use it for. Now, in modeling world, there's this phrase which they call garbage in, garbage out. You can have the most sophisticated prophecy in the world, which is mathematical modeling. If your data is rubbish, it doesn't mean absolutely anything. So sensible people must ask themselves this. In March, when everyone went into lockdown, what data was available to justify the response of governments worldwide? And there was only one single data point, but actually two of them. First one is the Diamond Princess ship. Okay, and I'll mm. get back to that now. The second one was Hubei province in China. Now, everyone's saying China's lying. They probably are, they're communists. But I bet you the Chinese governments are lying less than the Western governments. That's how I, I, I see it at this stage. If you did a proportionate calculation, this is high school mathematics, okay? But not a complicated thing. From the Diamond Princess ship, you would have found that 600 to 100,000 deaths. By October, that was the exact number which happened in France, in the UK, I think Italy, you know, all these countries had just a proportionate calculation from a diamond princess ship. Why did we rely on complicated computer models when a simple full population test gave us the answer? Money and I think stupidity. Computer modeling, in my view, is prophecy. Okay, the guys with models who can predict the future and scenario planning. And I know a lot of people are into scenario planning. This is the modern-day Nostradamus. That's the thing that went wrong here. Okay, it's exactly so then, the same as as climate change modeling. Yeah, and that I'm, I'm I've started looking into climate change now. Okay, I'm a guy who believes that the climate is heating up because of carbon dioxide, and there's mm. a causal relationship between that. But I've looked at the critique now more skeptically about climate change. Go and look at the Global Warming Policy Foundation, a guy called Benny Pizer, who I've now corresponded with there, and I asked him to send me stuff. Here's what I think. Whenever I talk to climate scientists, global warming is happening, climate change is happening, we need to be concerned. And I'm not saying they, they don't have a point. When I talk to physicists, and I work with a lot of physicists, 
and I talk to geologists. Geologists say it's not a problem because they take a long-term view. They say the climate's always been changing. Mm. If I talk to physicists, they say, you know what? I haven't gone through the model, but something tells me there's, there's, there's people exaggerating the problem. Mm. Okay. You take a very good guy, Richard Miller. He's a professor at, at Princeton University, I believe. Princeton or Yale. Anyways, he agrees global warming has happened. But he says, you know what? There's some places that are cooling, some places are warming. How can you, a sensible person, think that the world's temperature, an average temperature of two degrees must be limited to the end of the century? Okay, they said two degrees average. What does average mean? Average for Siberia? I'm sure Siberia would welcome more global warming. South Africa, I spoke to, to Bob Schultz, the expert in global warming in South Africa, by the way, on my channel. He says if the earth eats by two degrees, South Africa will eat by eight degrees. We should be concerned about that, okay? I'm not saying that global warming is nonsense and it's a farce. I, I believe there's a causal relationship between carbon dioxide and global warming. I believe the problems can be solved. I don't believe Greta Thunberg's got any solution to solve them. Mm. And what is worrying me now is that the world's governments is using the climate catastrophe as a means to justify their ideology. And you can see it all over. Green New Deal, this New Deal, that New Deal. Yeah, I'm all in favor of renewable energies. I'm all in favor of nuclear energy. But here's the joke to me. The cleanest energy you can find is nuclear energy and carbon mm. dioxide. The EU's Green New Deal does not say that uh, nuclear energy is uh, does not emit carbon dioxide, for example. This stuff is happening now. And yeah. this is all what we call, and I'm going to go to that other nut case that I, I thought it was a nut case called Justus Gillian, who was talking about sustainable development. I think we need to look more skeptical into sustainable development. And what the governments now are pushing as a result of COVID is sustainable development. Mm. Recycling of plastics sound wonderful. Most of the plastics dumped in the ocean at the moment is recycled plastics from Western countries. They are trying to push recycling. They, in my view, they are stopping Africa from burning more coal. Now, I know people are worried about coal. Most African countries don't have a choice. It's going to impoverish them to put them in on other technologies, including renewables. This is the example of stuff that is trying to be pushed as a result of this virus. Mm. Now, I'm not saying it's a global conspiracy, but I'm saying it's crisis in Leviathan. People are trying to push their own ideology by exploiting this crisis they want to um, go on. But Hugo, you know, Hugo I, hang on. We've got to also just be, we've got to be clear here. I, for some weird reason, people have become very um, averse to the term conspiracy or conspiracy theory. Um, and I haven't seen it used as much as this year. And it's mostly been used by the establishment to silence voices like ours, um, mm. as we know with my video uh, that's been banned uh, with Professor Bhakti. Um, and a conspiracy occurs behind closed doors. What's happening globally is not happening behind closed doors. It's all very much out in the open. The WEF mm. openly states the Great Reset. Yeah, so the, the, the World Economic Forum, let, let's get to the first word, conspiracy mm. theories, before we get to Klaus Schwab and these guys. Yeah. Conspiracies, what is a conspiracy? Okay, If a few businessmen come together and they say, listen, we've got a product and we've got competitors and we're going to create a strategy to outcompete them, they are conspiring. Mm. Most people don't have an issue. Rich people the world over already have each other's WhatsApp numbers. They don't need to go to Davos to phone each other. Mm. Okay? So they are conspiring to control the markets, to, to go towards their own interests, etc. The way the word conspiracy theorist has been used, and, and in French it's called complotisme, 
you know, it's a very nice word, is to call you a heretic. Mm. Um, if you go against the official narrative and you say the government is lying to me, yeah. In the past, we used to say you are a communist. Okay, in, in South Africa, if you disagreed with the apartheid regime, you were a communist. You were loving black people, etc. Mm. You want the Okay. Nowadays, with the ANC, you're a racist. If you disagree with affirmative action, you're a racist. Mm. Okay. If you disagree, it seems to me with the world governments, you're a conspiracy theorist. Okay. It is just another way of saying you're a heretic. In the past, we used to burn them at a stake. Yes. I don't think a sensible person that has gone through this stuff, and I'm not saying you need to go to the dark webs, just Google what's happening and read a bit, can really truly believe what the governments are telling them. This, to me, what's happening now since the beginning of last year is on par with what happened during 9-11, the Vietnam War, um, the Angola Bush War, where governments lied to their people. Okay, And the lie was so big and so great that every ideologue, Every, every authoritarian jumped on ship and they tried to use this to exploit the situation to further their own ideological goals. Correct. Correct. That's how I see it. And that's why the title of this video um, is The Great Swindle. Yes. The Great COVID Swindle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the one thing. The, the most concerning thing to me, by the way, about all of this is the role that of propaganda and mm. big tech a complex interrelationship with government. Um, there is a company called Hill and Knowlton, mm. okay, who has been contracted by the WHO to do its PR campaign. Okay, I don't even know if I can state the obvious fact of that. Not what did Hill and Knowlton do in the past? Hill and Knowlton in the past was responsible for the fake Iraqi girl testimony, the babies being killed in incubators. Just Google it. That launched the US into the first Gulf War. The exact same company was contracted by the WHO, okay, to um, to propagate this uh, this message. Yeah. How did they do that? Well, their strategies out in the open. It's it's nothing difficult if you've read anything about how information diffuses. You target influencers, sportsmen, idols, Prince Charles, Jeremy, and you get them to talk about this, and then they get to a wide audience, and then information is reaches a critical mass, mm. and then it gets to a dangerous point. The most dangerous propaganda is the propaganda that becomes self-propagating. When people start internalizing propaganda and telling it to each other. And this is happening. And the most obvious example to me is the mask. You see people now going into buildings, reaching for their mask out of fear. World over. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm highly against the, the, the idea that we need to be forced to wear something on our faces. Mm -hmm. Okay, And I say this, um, my wife is Iranian. There's a country that has internalized government oppressing them okay in south africa we saw the same thing on a police state under apartheid we saw the same thing on the nazi germany we this is how a police state starts you know is by having massive propaganda around you and the purpose of propaganda we should always remember is not to change your mind it is to tell you that you are powerless to do anything and that's also the message that is becoming self-propagating and that is a very dangerous message hugo why do you think why do you think so many people are defending the establishment? I mean, there is so much data now that is publicly available that that disputes, for, for example, the WHO. Uh, yet, yet we we are called deniers and all kinds of silly names 
for uh, for reading independent um, science. Yeah, for 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 going against the grain, you know. Mm. This is the other thing people should remember: there's no such thing as a scientific consensus. If people tell you the science is settled, no, they are preaching dog they are preaching dogma and theology. Um, you know, and also consensus is isn't never, science. No, it's not heresy. Science is moved by heresy. You know, if you asked in the time of Galileo whether or not um, you know people disagree with his theories, everyone tell him scientific consensus tell you you're wrong. What did Galileo do? He changed the fundamental way you look at the world and the universe. The same was true of Copernicus. The same was true of Isaac Newton. You know, the church was quite against Isaac Newton at the time. Mm. So the fact that you ask for another third opinion or for an independent opinion, and, and let's be clear here, the people we're asking are not quackers, okay? I, I've got a little bit of a background in data. Um, Nick Hudson is an actuary. Actuaries work with data all day long. Sushred Bhakti is one of the most esteemed professors in German microbiology, and he's always humble, by the way. So on his show, his show, he was very humble about his achievements. He's a brilliant person. Didier Rahuld is the world's most cited expert in communicable diseases. He's the expert in microbiology and in uh, infectious, infectious diseases. Yeah, but Google him now you know, and see what you get. Oh, really? If they yeah. change, yeah, they probably make him a completist or whatever. Yeah, they've turned, and by him, the way, they've turned the reason into he, a clown. Yeah, and also, by the way, he was one of the first people in the world to say Al Gore is a charlatan and that the climate people are, use, uh, are prophets because they're basing their predictions on mathematical model. Mm. Interesting thing about him, he's not just a professor in that, he's a professor in epistemology. People tend to forget that fact. What is mm. epistemology? It's the, thinking, the science of thinking and the history of science. And anyone that, that you know wants to develop their critical thinking skills need to read a book or two on epistemology. Didier Barahult writes the books on epistemology. It's not a poopal. Okay, this is a very clever guy, and I would trust whatever he says over Anthony Fauci or whoever, Neil Ferguson, these guys. Um, you know, we talk about Michael Levitt, Nobel Prize winning laureate in South Africa's, you know, uh, we should be proud of him as South Africans. Mm. How many South Africans have a Nobel Prize in, in, in those fields, you know? Um, John Ioannidis, one of the most cited experts in human history yeah also okay. removed from youtube hey eh? uh, the equivalent of who johnny and is people don't understand uh, the most cited person in the soft sciences is Karl marx okay and noam chomsky uh john ian is the medical equivalent of, of Karl marx aristotle and whatever he is the father of evidence-based medicine i mean if a guy like that tells you this is nonsense you need to start listening to him and, and, and this is what goes missing here, is that we are not looking at quackers. We are looking at top scientists in the field. Yes, but Hugo, Hugo, we all know that the WHO is the largest medical group in the world and it has the best scientists and experts. Why would you not trust them? So, you know, people who are religious would know of the Council of Nicaea. I think it's Nicaea, if I pronounce it correctly. You know, 300 years after the birth of Christ, there was a wise council by Constantine, the emperor constituted it, and he said, let's rewrite the Bible and we say what is in the Bible and what is not. It's as if, as if they standardized the, the story of Jesus. And anyone who disagreed with them was the Ethan. This is how I see the WHO. It is this wise council trying to tell us all what to believe. The My view has always been the best scientist in the world. Okay, And by the way, my, my grandfather was a scientist. Okay, um, The best scientists are the most practical people. 
Um, so one of South Africa's best scientists is Dr. Kelvin Kim, who is our expert on nuclear and on thorium reactors. He has never taught at the university, I think, because he's a practical guy who works in the field. It's people who work with the reality. If you work in committees and in council as a medical professional, eventually you don't have enough time to see patients anymore. Okay? Why do you think they, they were so angry at Tim Oaks, for example? Because he saw on the ground what was happening. Mm. He looked with the, the what we call in French, the real, the real data. He worked with the opposite, what is observed. And a good scientist works with the world that is being observed, not the world in models and prophecies. And the higher you go up into an institution, the more it becomes about rank and reputation than it becomes about your work. Anthony Fauci, for example, he, he was a brilliant scientist when he worked himself up the ladder. But eventually these guys get to a point where they start managing big projects and they don't know the tiny detail of what's going on anymore. And they just want to write their name on because it's what they call publish or perish. The more documents you publish behind your name, the more important you sound. Okay, if you look at Didier Rahult, he's got a laboratory, a research laboratory with standard who is uh, outside of China, the best uh, source for this virus and uh, for knowledge about this virus in the world. Why? Because he treats patients on a daily basis. He works with the military. And, you know, if he gets a patient in, he observes what's wrong with them and he tries to give, you know, apply the Hippocratic of give the best medicine to your knowledge. Mm. That is a far-fetched away from the scientist in the AWHO that's in a committee. And those are the guys that I tend to trust. It's the same argument I make with engineers. You know, I work as an engineer at the moment as in structural design. That if you want to know as an engineer, my best advice to any engineer is if you want to work in the field, get some practical experience. I've got much more respect for an engineer that has built stuff for years. He gets back into designing and he knows the answer before you do the calculation because he's got a practical knowledge of the world. Those are the guys you should trust. And those are the people that we tend to trust here. Um, so we're currently in a situation, Hugo, where the governments are listening very closely to um, the WHO and other large groups. They don't listen to independent and um, analysts like Panda. Yeah. Why? Because they see the WHO as this wealth of knowledge and wisdom. Uh, second thing is, I think it falls into the government's playbook to um, mm. keep the fear and the panic and the propaganda going. Um, you know, we are following the science, we are following the experts. Now, has there been a phrase in human history that means so little, you know, that's been totally destroyed of its meaning as we are following the science until recently? I can't think of anything else. You know, the Cult. climate is changing. Cult. Branch, yeah. branch. There we go. Listen to this. Branch Covidians. <laughs> branch Covidians. But it, it, it is on the same level as that. I mean, this is... It's prophecy, okay, um, that they are following. God told me that there is a virus, therefore there's a virus. And God told me the earth is warming, therefore it's warming. The WHO tells me they are the wise men with the wise answers. And anyone who dares to dissent and disagree with them is a heathen and a heretic. I mean, I think we've seen this before. Um, so this is what I see here. Second thing is, I think there's a lot of people who work for the government in South Africa in particular, who care more about their rank and their prestige than to, to look at the evidence. 
they want to be the scientists that advise the government, you know. And this is the other thing, if you go higher in these organizations, eventually you start surrounding yourself with people that disagree, that agrees with you all the time. And when you're a guy like Fauci, and people, yes, boss, no boss, you know, uh, him all the time, eventually you start believing in your own benevolence mm. and your own mind. And you start believing that you are the only person that's wise enough to control the world. You know, I get the same impression by when I look at a guy like Bill Gates, when I look at a guy like Jobs, these guys. If I look at how they arrive and they build their companies, brilliant. But as soon as you become rich, eventually you only appoint yes-men around you. And then you start believing in your own ego and you think that you are the next big, best things in sliced bread. And I think this is what we saw, saw here as well. You know, as I said, we are absolutely being swindled. And I think we are being swindled on so many levels. Um, I think we are being swindled uh, financially. Uh, we're being swindled politically. Um, and like you just laid out, we're also being swindled religiously. Because this whole thing is like a religion. It's like a cult. Yeah, it, it, is, it is like a, it's a cult, but it's, it's a self-propagating um, thing. You know, Noam Chomsky, I've had a, a quite a bit of correspondence with him. It's a very nice guy, despite, you know, being a radical leftist or whatever. But he's a world expert on propaganda. And I asked him once, um, you know, what do you think about the Iraq war? Is it lying or is it self-deception? He says, well, it, it's, it's a lot more self-deception than lying, probably, that's going on here. And it's sort of the thing a child does, you know, you, you look at a child and you, you ask him the same thing. Did you play with him? No, 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 no. And eventually he can lie himself, you know, into a point, but he believes his entire story to be true. And I, I think mm. this has happened as well because you don't allow for disagreement and things. Um, you know, you, you ended up deceiving yourself. It's, it's, it's wag the dog all over. There's another important aspect here, though, um, which is part of the, uh, wait for it, the swindle um we don't we don't want to have those two words next to each other be, otherwise youtube gets you know a little bit funny with us um but in 2009 hugo the who adjusted the definition of um pandemic behind closed doors no media allowed and they didn't explain why now this is obviously a financial big farmer swindle 100 percent and they've applied hey you need to play that sound because that's a conspiracy <laughs> oh right sorry must be let's just say this again the uh <laughs> by the way yes the other thing about that pandemic in 2008 i remember it very well because that was the weekend of opikopi you know, in anyone who's, and it was at the university. And I remember on the Friday, the University of Pretoria considered closing down. And we were like, okay. So it, it was a little bit of scaring with that as well. I remember uh, parents at some of the schools were was wearing masks in South Africa. So that, that was my first red light bulb when this thing went on, wasn't it? The repetition. Obviously, I didn't know of the corruption back then. I didn't, you know, put too much thought into it. But I thought back then, yes, this thing was over-exaggerated. And by the way, everyone went to Opikopi on that weekend and we were spreading yeah. swine flu all over the place and, you know, we were rocking and uh, smoking a few things and whatever. Um, but the point is that, you know, um, that 2008 one, there's a movie called Trust WHO. They trust the WHO. We should trust them. Look at it in journeyman pictures because it was removed before this thing started from YouTube and Wimeo. 
why was it removed? You know, just uh, quickly before you con yeah, quickly before you continue, we need to throw in a disclaimer here. Um, everybody, the WHO is amazing. Please trust everything they say, um, and uh, we shall not ask questions. Yes, we shall not ask questions. And I don't want you to watch that video. Please do not go and watch the video. Trust WHO. Yeah, and, it's complete conspiracy theorist. Yeah, and if you can't find it anywhere, like on YouTube or Butcher or whatever, like I'm not saying that it's available via torrent. But if it is, don't download it via torrent. Yes, and it is not on the dark webs, not at all. Okay, right. just to make it sure. So there's a movie, Trust WHO. So Forbes magazine, by the way, you know that, conspiracy theories, big businessman and thing, uh, still has the article on about the fake pandemic, not fake, sorry, fake is the wrong word here, about the questionable actions of applying a redefinition to the pandemic, something of this sort. And it's perhaps questionable that some of the people who changed the definition have, was funded by Pfizer and, you know, Gilead and Roche and Sanofi and all these big selling companies it's got nothing to do with selling you medication nothing whatsoever good no so yeah that is that went missing there as well um other aspects of this stuff i mean uh is financial systems i think uh people are calling this and let's get to davos now the great reset mm. okay who is davos it's a club of billionaires they get together every year. That is managed by a nutcase called Klaus Schwab. And if you don't believe me, he's a nutcase. Read his work. What did you say? You know, did you call him a, a nut? A, a wise, benevolent. You know, Jeremy, let's look at it this way. If a great German leader, you know, tries to tell you that he's going to reset the world economy and manage it, and he speaks with that very German accent, you know, I can't even make it, okay? Mm. Uh, you know, what, what What did the world do the last time when a great German tried to take over the world economy? I mean, I, I remember there was some guy in the 1930s. And by the way, he was also a vegan or a vegetarian, if I remember mm. correctly. No, no, like he wasn't anything major or anything. Like he didn't really do too much. No, he didn't do too much. So there's a great German telling us he's the reset the world economy. I read into his theory. It's sustainable development. It's all mm. they're pushing. Okay. Mm. It is climate change, sustainable development. Now, people are saying Davos cannot influence government policies. You're bloody naive if you think that the world's billionaire clubs don't influence government policies. Um, they are going to influence it, maybe slowly and surely. We see the Green New Deal in Europe. We see the same thing happening now under Joe Biden in the United States. Mm. Um, you know, I, I hope people realize what the Green New Deal entails. It is not just that we're going to go over to renewable energies. If we go over to renewable energies, they've got a bit of a problem. They are very, they're not very energy dense. You need lots of space for them. So by doing that, okay, you need lots of land. You need to put it everywhere. You're going to fundamentally transform the way the society operates. It is possible to run the world on renewables. I, I happen to think it's the wrong strategy. I'm more in favor mm -hmm. of nuclear. But it means that you have to change the way cities and houses and all these things run. And for this strategy to work, okay, there's a book written by Noam Chomsky and Robin Pollan. And I asked Noam Chomsky this question. He agrees with me. To implement the Green New Deal, you need to spend the amount of money that is equivalent to wartime mobilization, which we're now seeing governments printing. 
Um, this is sustainable development. It's all of it. I'm not sure if that money is going to be well spent because it's governments. Governments tend to be very bad at spending it. What? But no. Your skepticism is, is uncalled for, Hugo. <laughs> well, Noam Chomsky believes we have no other price but to pay because climate change by the end of this century will kill us. That's another thing. A prophecy of the year mm. 2100 sounds to me a little bit absurd. But wartime mobilization, okay, it means that you need to fundamentally restructure society, houses, and look at what they're doing. They're talking about smart cities, high densification, great demographer called Wendell Cox that I first, whose website I'm writing for that new geography, by the way, has detailed the history of human, of urbanization. Humans do not like high densification. If you're young, maybe you can stay in the cities. Mm. Then we people tend to move to the suburbs. What these guys are asking for is to put us all onto higher, on, on high densification. They're trying to look into trains and hyperloops. Trains and hyperloops cannot work. Mm. The simple reason is you have you know, smart to dimensionize. So every policy they're trying to change. Smart cities. Yeah, but smart infrastructure. Why is smart infrastructure dangerous for South Africa, for example? If we have trains everywhere, we don't get our goods on freight rail. Mm. And then the prices of goods and services goes up. So these policies, if you follow every single one of them, in my view, on an evidence-based measure, okay, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them, is going to impoverish people. Mm. At the Green New Deal, there's a, there's a guy called, um, I forgot the name now, uh, I'll get the name right in a second. Anyway, he's a German expert in CO2, okay, not, not an idiot, who is making the point that many Germans have fallen into energy poverty because of these policies. Okay, Germany was one of the first countries to attempt to you know, re-change society to emit less carbon emissions. The joke about German energy transmission uh, um, to renewable energies has been Germany has built more coal power stations in the last 10 years than entire Africa combined. Sure. Um, you know, so people are not looking at the evidence. But these are the policies that these guys are pushing, and they're using this virus as an opportunity to try and enforce their own ideology. It's sustainable development. And if A plastic you... And if you question it, they will put you on the train and send you to the camp. Yes, or the Hyperloop these days, because they want to build those as well. Um, you know, but but this is the type of things. Um, they, these things are being pushed by a billionaire class of mm. people who, in my view, are totally detached from reality. You know, they go to the same universities, the same schools, and eventually they lose touch with the common man. And the dangerous thing about the devil's thing is there's it's on their website they say you can be happy and not own nothing so they're saying you're going to turn into a surf essentially a properly less surf their wording is actually the wording's the other way around they say that you'll own nothing and you will be happy you own nothing so they're going to give you some cocktail it sounds like elvis uh, elders huxley's brave new world to me um but if you go throughout the history of the roman republic and democracies etc those societies could only work well because they had a very large percentage of their population that owned property. Lee Kuan Yew, who rebuilt Singapore, one of the most brilliant statesmen of the last century, um, you know, said, insisted that every Singaporean must own property. Singapore's got one of the highest rates of property ownership in the world. Okay. And the reason is, he said, they must have a stake in the republic. Okay. So what is going to happen if you're going to impoverish people if they don't have property? And this is what they are asking for. They're saying you can own, you can just live and rent off the land. They're asking for you to become a serf while they own property. Mm. 
And this is a billionaire class of devils, okay? It is because, again, they see a world for themselves and then the rules for everyone else. And it's fundamentally undemocratic. Um, you cannot implement sustainable development goals in a democratic way. I do not think so. So I'm reading a book at the moment, um, and I, I won't mention the name because YouTube will will censor will censor the video. But um, you know the book that I'm reading, and uh, it says that we are heading towards global communism. Global and it's communism. Global communism. Yeah, that's that's where we're going. Well, the the underlying thought behind this is an idea called technocracy. Mm. Now, it's the idea that we get wise and benevolent and noble people to rule our lives. The WHO, the I don't know, the the you know the French ENR, Equal Polytechnique, all these fancy names, Harvard, Yale, and essentially these guys are going to have a data-driven future. So everything is data-driven, and you make complicated decisions about allocating resources based on data. Why can't that work? Well, it cannot work because of Friedrich von Hayek and Milton Friedman's most important observation that you cannot model centralized systems, first mm. of all, and that the government or a centralized authority does not know how to best allocate resources. It's going to collapse on the face of it. But the question is, how many people are going to be impoverished along the road? And, you know, if you think I'm making these things up, look at your business at the moment. Every business in the world has now got a thing of wokeness, and just underneath this, it's sort of sustainability. Everything is now sustainable. Okay, and, and you find inherent contradictions in this rubbish. Look at cement. Lafarge cement is a very good example for me. Sustainable cement, green cement. Do you know how we make green cement? You take cement and you add fly ash. Where does fly ash come from? Burning coal. Oh, you know, they, they didn't realize that. Okay, so it's, yes, it's, it's a waste product of coal. I mean, maybe, you know, it's, if, you, if you only look from the fly ash to the cement, it's green. Well, I mean, the very Otherwise, obvious, the very obvious one, Hugo, is um, the hundreds and hundreds of uh, wind turbines on the highways are not created at factories powered no. by wind turbines. Well, there's, there's dispute as to whether South Africa has solar potential. Some people speculate you can put a lot of solar panels in the Karoo and powerhouses and I just am a bit skeptical of this. The, 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 the idea about it is that um, any energy needs to be dense. Nuclear is the most dense energy. Now, people are saying, well, we have lots of sun, we have lots of space, we can put panels everywhere, and the costs have gone down. I, I agree with that. Okay, The cost of generation has gone down. I'm not so sure that if you continually expand it that your growth will be exponential. I think you're, you're going to reach an inflection curve. That being said, I think every South African should power his own from a solar panel. I think it's wonderful for water and for things. No, but you, you, uh, you, you missed the point that I was making. Yeah, no, I know. The point is these things aren't green, okay? No, I mean, a solar panel is... Yeah, a solar panel is manufactured at a factory that doesn't use solar power. Yeah, not at all. And mm. there's an interesting report by Michael Kelly, professor at Cambridge. Okay, not an idiot. In electrical engineering, maybe he knows something. That makes the point that probably these things are more using more coal than they're saving. If you look at the entire life cycle and you include the transport, etc., etc., but you know people have accused them of being biased against them. Uh, people are saying electrical cars are great and they are cost competitive at the moment, so they have fallen. So there is benefit to this stuff. You know, it's not that it's all nonsense. Um, I'm very skeptical about the fanaticism behind it, though, and the underlying ideas. I'm not saying you know I'm against the technology. I'm just saying that you know it's people who believe that they fundamentally must try and 
change society. So and Obama, Obama got massive kickbacks from uh, green and slash renewable energy contracts. It's, it it came out a few years ago. Yes. No. That, that's the other thing. I mean, Al Gore is probably the biggest charlatan of us all. You know, he was traveling around the world on an aeroplane, no carbon emissions there, no burning kerosene, uh, telling everyone to live green. And he's very Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Greta Thunberg, that wise girl, she flies to New York. Well, no, she takes a boat to New York, okay? This is the joke, to show how green you can live, okay? And then four of her crew members fly back. Mm. Okay, if she just flew on her own, she would be greener. Four flights are less carbon dioxide than one. You know, that, that's if you actually care about this stuff. Um, you know, but th th there is innovation coming in the energy industry. I'm not, not throwing the baby out of the bathwater here. But I am skeptical of the people behind it. I'm skeptical of the underlying idea. So what is happening here? Let's, let's, let's look at it. Why are these people doing this? So here's my theory, and it ties in with what Peter Hitchens says. After the First World War, systematically, people in Europe walked away from their churches. Okay? And I'm not a very religious person, but it's a fact. Because of the First World War, the churches and the authorities and the government said you must go and die for God, king and country. And they ended up destroying the entire youth population. And afterwards, people looked and they could no longer look their priest in the face and say, what you tell us is right. Mm. Now, I think something similar happened with the Afrikaners after apartheid as well. Very few people still take the Inhia Kirk seriously. And I know people are getting angry if I say that to them. Um, and what is happening now? Well. I think humans have a religious instinct. So we turn woke, you know, we need to find racism everywhere because, you know, apparently if we just solve systemic racism, all our problems are gonna go away. And the best one is mother nature. I mean, humans historically have been scared of tornadoes and earthquakes, etc., etc., and big storms. And what better way than if the fear of God is out of you to look at it and say, well, now it's the fear of nature and you're gonna kill your grandchildren by the end of the yeah. century. I mean, and that is a big, big motivation for trying to justify changing the society around you. Because I think these people are fundamentally scared about, you know, the society around them, about the world and everything. And I mean, it fits in with the fear-driven COVID pandemic, you know. They don't care if they scare you to achieve their ideology. Well, I mean, as I said, I mean, it is it is quite literally um, the great <laughs> swindle. Exactly. It is, it is a big swindle. It is a, a big... On the face of it, it's scam. The actions have been disproportionate to the threat. The amount of money involved is utterly ridiculous. Okay, and the money is not even buying us proper treatment. You know, the remdesivir, the so-called great treatment that Donald Trump was given, yes, has not been proven to be efficacy any efficacy yet. Didier Raoult makes the point that the government is prescribing a medication that has not gone through all the safety standards yet, and yet it bans the one that is safe. Because it costs three thousand eight hundred dollars for that pill, mm. and it costs a few cents for the other pill. Okay, that is a scandal in itself. It's just pure corruption. But it, it goes much deeper than that, right? It goes through the big tech and they uh, things. It goes through the media that has become self-censoring and ideological, mm. that don't open critical uh, criticize things, and it goes to the incomplete cover-up by the governments about gain-of-function testing that is happening around the world. You know, South Africa is one of the first countries that did gain-of-function testing by a guy named Wouter Basson. Very interesting. Very mm. interesting that, you know, the U.S. government also is studying how to make virus more deadly. Why do you need this research? Maybe there's something interesting into it. I well, think it's a I very mean, dangerous problem. 
it's just obviously a massive coincidence that the US and other countries like France were funding uh, a particular SARS virus in a laboratory in Wuhan. Got nothing to do with what's just happened, obviously. It's just pure coincidence, though. I mean, isn't that fascinating? I mean, coincidences. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm still hesitant to draw direct lines between what all is happening. I think a lot of this can be explained by the incompetence. You know, it's a, there's some dictum that says, do not explain anything to conspiracy that can just be explained by incompetence. Uh, the fact that the French government told people to stay at home for seven days, the fact that, you know, they banned the cheap medication is corruption. You know, um, whether the virus was planned to go out or not, or whether it was just predicted, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we'll ever know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is a big, interesting question to understand that uh, these things. By the way, good movie on all of this now. There's a new French movie came out that came out called Hold Up. It's going to be released in English soon as well. It's a bit conspiratorial, but it, it, it Nick Hudson's in it. By the way, his face I saw in the background oh, the other wow. day. Excellent. Well, obviously, yeah. then um, it's not going to be available on Netflix or YouTube or any. Or it's any been censored a few it. times, but surprisingly, through dark webs, over four million people have watched it already. Oh, okay. All right. So we're not saying anything, folks. It's. it's I'm not th- saying go and look. Si tu parles français, je ne dis pas la movie World up. Do not I'm watch. Not do that. not watch the movie. All right. It's propaganda. Don't watch it, and uh, don't find it on a torrent website. And, it, and it's not called Hold Up. H-O-L-D. Yeah, it's not called Hold Up. And we are absolutely not recommending that you go and watch the movie called Hold Up, which is probably not available in any sort of mainstream uh, platform. And, and do not use the brow the, the Duck Duck Go to look for it. If yeah, you're searching no, on no, Google. no, no, you must use Google. And you and you must use YouTube. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So just just to clarify that again. So yeah. Um, anyways, the, the, the there is pushback coming against the stuff. Um, you know, the, the, the conspiracy stuff has gone a bit deep. I'm, I'm you know skeptical about the five G claims. I think it's mm. it's exaggerated. Um, but what I do think though is that there's lots of corruption and cover up happening. And it's so obvious to all of us. I mean, just go to South Africa. A guy was one a tender to dig a lot of mass graves in Johannesburg, mm. for example. You know, think that of was that a money-making scheme. No, you think? No, it's not precaution. No, no, no. It wasn't. Sorry, I meant to say it wasn't a money-making scheme. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it's this type of thing that happens everywhere. People are exploiting the crisis for their own benefit. So my question is, how do we get out of this stuff? How do we how do we move forward? Well, we certainly don't have conversations like this in public. Yes, and you don't talk to your family and your friends because no, you might convince them no. their mind. And we and certainly we certainly don't think critically or go and read information um openly available. Yes, and and remember the public is stupid; they can't think for themselves. Mm. And the mm. Vietnam War wasn't stopped because people had dinner table conversations with their family about the ridiculousness of the war. And also the WHO is amazing. Uh, the UN is incredible and rainbows and unicorns. Benign and benevolence. Thank you, dear leaders. Well, on that note, Hugo, uh, since we started late, uh, let's let's kill the, the chat five minutes early so people okay. can go and do their work days and I can go and create some money and so can I, you. I guess can I, can I ask just yes. finally, I've got my own channel now. Yes. People would like to it. Yes. And, yes. Uh, please please go and subscribe, folks. I'm covering engineering developmental issues from my perspective. And uh, yeah, some, something along those lines. Thank you, everyone. All right. Um, I strongly, I strongly uh, uh, support this message. Go and subscribe to Hugo's channel. 
um, because I think he's going to outlive me on YouTube um, at this rate. I've been, I've already had my first banned video on my new channel. Uh, just as a matter of interest, I created a backup account on Rumble, uh, which I see is making waves. I have no content there, but I'm um, certainly see it as a as a good alternative for later on should i end up nowhere on youtube and and this week i am not gonna have a guest on my show who is going to talk about a decentralized platform where people can not be censored i'm not right right no okay so everybody um yugo will not be talking about uh, um alternatives to youtube on his own channel and um also uh, uh hail who Yes, thanks All right. to the Polite Benevolent Lords. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, everybody. I am going to uh, uh, play this clip that was at the beginning of my show, uh, just because it's worth it's worth watching. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. <laughs>